Continuing along here in this Cheshben number 12, which is taking some time because Chavos is giving it a lot of uh, pages to get this uh, point to drive it home to us. And that is that we should be careful that even though we do have to invest time and energy into earning a Parnosa, but we shouldn't let it get out of control and certainly we shouldn't be controlled by it. He quotes a Pasuk here in Tehillim, which we just read last night here in the Chavah Just to mention a nice little pshat from the Shemi Shmuel, who was the son of the Avnei Nezer and the grandson of the Kotzka Rebbe. And he says, the Kotzka Rebbe said, that if you'll eat from the labor of your hands, then it'll be good for you and it will be well with you. So Kotzka says you have to make sure that you eat from the labor of your hands, but not of your heart and your soul. And as put your hands into earning a parnosa and don't be totally consumed that your whole mind, your whole nefesh, your whole lave, your whole heart is consumed with the parnosa, that you don't... You don't think about anything else during davening, during learning. You can't sleep at night because you're thinking about it. That's what it means. So the, that was the Kutzka's shot. So the Shemi Shmuel's grandson took it a step further. The Gemara in Kedusha very famously talks about the various obligations that a father has towards his son in terms of what he has to teach him. He has to teach him Torah, he has to teach him a profession or a trade. And then it says, and some say that he has to teach him how to swim. That's a little odd. That's what you have to teach him. You have to give him a bris milah. You have to teach him. You have to get him married off. You have to give him a parnosa. Teach him how to earn a parnosa, and also teach him how to swim. Doesn't seem to fit into the list. So, and if the pshat is, I mean, others, you have to teach him how to protect himself in case something dangerous happens. So tell him to teach, you know, to learn the self-defense. Uh, how to, con- to carry a concealed weapon. What Teach him how to swim. So the Shemi Shmuel says, he says, why did they single out swimming? He says, swimming is a very interesting thing. When you learn how to swim, you do strokes, hand over hand. But one thing you have to teach a person when he swims is how not to drown. So right after it tells us the father has to teach a son how to earn a parnosa, and he also has to teach him how not to drown in the parnosa. That's the, the message here that's being given by the Gemara. So we mentioned here, V'chein Shola Chosid, repeating this paragraph, the Chosid Shleim HaMelech, or the wise person in the Mishlei, asked Hashem, don't give me any extreme. Don't give me, make me too wealthy. Certainly don't make me too poor, so I'll be able to have, be even killed with just what I need. As Yaakov Avinu asked, Now we mentioned uh, last night that we do find that uh, Avram Avinu was given great wealth. This week's parasha, parasha's luck. Look, Hashem says to him, I want you to travel, leave your father's home, and va'avorechecha. I will bless you with money. You'll have great wealth, which indeed, it came true. When he left Mitzrayim, he had a fortune. And by God, I will make your name great. So, 
we started discussing a little bit is wealth a good thing or not. Here we seem to see from, from Mishlei that great people, pious people, not interested in wealth. And yet by Avram Avinu, it seems like this is one of the brachas, one of the blessings that Avram Avinu was given and granted by Hashem. So if we put it into perspective from a pshat here, from the Eilagech Samsefer, I think we could understand it. So Samsefer is going this week's parsha. Avram Kovein Ma'od, when he came back from Mitzrayim, Kovein Ma'od, he was weighed down, he was laden heavily Bamikne, Bakesev, Uvazov. He had cattle, he had silver, he had gold that was given to him, thrown at him by the king of Mitzrayim, the wealthiest country in the world at the time. Vayelak Lamasov, and he went on to his travels. And Rashi says over there, one shot he went back to his travels, we spoke last night, he went back to the same inn that he did the first time. Rashi says the second shot, that on the way there, he didn't really have any money. He was a poor person. So he had to check into the hotel and he asked, can I take on credit? And on my way back, I'll try to earn some money, I'll pay you back. So Rashi says he went to pay back his debt to the innkeeper. That's what Rashi says. Says the Chassam Sefer, there's another deeper meaning in this Rashi. He says very beautifully like this. Really, Tavram Avinu, who's a tzaddik, what does wealth mean to him? As a matter of fact, wealth is a burden to him. That's what the puzzle means. He was covered, made, he was weighed down by all of this wealth. He says, what am I have to, I have to now take care of the cattle or have other people take care of them and put the money in places, the, this gold, the silver. Ramavina says, I don't need this. What do I need this headache for of having all this wealth? I was satisfied with just my simple tent with four doors. However, Hashem knew that Avram Avinu wanted to accomplish the spreading of Hashem's name in the world. And who is he spreading it to? To the simple folk. People who, till now, they were brought up on paganism, Avedizara, idolatry, and he had to pull them away from there, but these were simple people. And to the simple folk, they, in order for them to respect this mentor of Avram Avinu and Sarah Imenu, that you needed to impress them. So if you tell them, listen, if you listen to, to Hashem and you thank Him for all the good that you have, then Hashem will make you prosperous. That talk to them. But then they look at Avram Avinu, they say, listen, you know, you're a big talker. <laughs> you're professing to believe in Hashem and do His will. You seem to be a very righteous person, but uh, you don't seem too wealthy. And Avram Avinu didn't have an answer for that. So Hashem says, I'm going to show them. So he goes to Mitzrayim, and he comes back with a tremendous amount of wealth, a fortune of gold and silver. When Rashi says he came back to pay his debt, he meant he paid the debt back to the people who he had encouraged to join him in his quest to know of Hashem. And he says, look, you see, it came true. And that's really was the purpose of Ramavino, just amassing great wealth and having a good name. You think he wanted to have a good name when he needed, he needed his uh, his picture on the front page of the magazine? He was the man of the year. You think he needed that, Ramavino? But it 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 helped him in his quest to bring people closer to Hashem. And the truth is, we know this from a few places in Chazal. To quote one 
The Gemara Nadarin tells us that Hashem doesn't rest his shechina except the person who is gibor. Sounds like he's a strong person. Ashir, wealthy. Chacham, obviously a wise person. V'anav, and he has to be humble. So Reb Chaim already asks in the fourth parak of Mesech the Savas in his Ruach what if a person wasn't blessed with wealth? He, in his mazala wasn't born to be a gibor. So he can't have the shechina, he can't get nevuah. So Reb Chaim explains, really the main thing is Anova that he's humble. But if somebody doesn't have anything, he's he's a weakling, he's not so smart, he's not wealthy. He says, I got one thing going for me, I'm humble. We tell him, of course you're humble. What should you be a Balgaiva about? You have nothing to be arrogant about. So this means, but a person who is blessed with material wealth, with physical strength, with great smarts, intellectual prowess, and yet still he's an anav, that person is worthy of the Shekhinah being on him. But the idea is that you see that to, to be a Navi, to have the Shekhinah talk through Moshe Rabbeinu's mouth, to have the Shekhinah come to a person that he should be able to then give it over to other people, it takes a certain amount of respect from the masses. And to respect, to get respect from the masses, that's what talks. Having, having, uh, having wealth, having a good, uh, a, uh, being imposing, an imposing figure, having stature, being tall, being strong, that's what speaks to a person. And the Gemara tells us the Titus when they want to have someone speak to the Tzibur, to encourage them. It says he's supposed to have an Ish Kaima, a tall, imposing, good-looking person, because that person is able to connect with people. And if he also uh, is wealthy, that's what speaks to people. In our Sunday morning shiva, going out through Hilchus Tzedakah. So we mentioned an interesting halacha. Most Paiskim, and that's how we Paskin, say that in order for, to, for a person to make his cheshben, his calculation of how much money he has to take off, either 10 or 20% from his earnings, what's considered earnings? He says that's after your business expenses. So in as, if you have to buy a, uh, a truck to carry the goods to then go sell them, so obviously you take into account the fact that I have to buy a truck and fill it up with gasoline and travel. That all goes into the net gain in terms of balancing out how much I gain from the, the net gain. So the Minchas Yitzchak was asked, a person says, I, in order for me to get good clients, I have to buy a fancy car. Because when you pull up with a fancy car, then you can get clients, people take you seriously. But if you can buy like a jalopy and a, a used car, you know, that you can hear the guy's muffler from three blocks down, and then you say, you know, I'm not really a financial advisor, I know how to invest well, <laughs> then I can take you seriously. But that's the way it is. He says, if that's what a person needed indeed for his expenses, business expenditures, to be able to get customers, clients, that he's allowed to do that. So that's really the, the idea over here by the Avram Avinu. That for his goals and his purposes, he, Hashem knew that it would be better for him to have wealth, to, because he can gain respect, to have a good reputation, a good name, because then he'll be able to accomplish his goals better. And in that, that way, indeed, 
Wealth is a good thing. So our question from last night, is wealth a good thing or not? Here the Chassid seems to say, Hashem, please, don't make me wealthy. And yet Hashem blessed Avram Avinu with great wealth. Yitzchok the same, Yaakov the same. And the answer is because Hashem knew that even though it was a challenge for them too, no one is free from any test, any challenge, even if he has the right goals. But Hashem knew that they will be able to use their wealth only for uh, promoting their goals in terms of spreading the name of Hashem. And therefore for them it was a good thing and that's what Hashem was telling them. I know what you want to do in life. You want to spread monotheism and therefore I'm going to grant you that. That's what we have learned so far. Let's continue now the next paragraph. Haloi Tokitz Ochi. So he tells us now, he says, Awaken my brother. Tira, you should see Chesroin Look, look how much you, you, a person really loses out. Look how much the, uh, how empty it is. Masha Choratzdalov, Umihartalov, Lamad Gufchal, Yone Ativi. Person sometimes, he was not talking about so much about, about wealth and trying to secure financial stability. Here he's even talking about people who are too into their, the security of even their own health. And there are people who even overdo it like that. They can even overdo it in terms of pampering themselves and, and exercising maybe even more that would be the norm because they think they have to take care of their, their, their goof, their body. They have to take care of it. They have to be secure. They can want to be healthy. They have a whole regiment, which sometimes it could be also an obsession. And they can be so preoccupied with taking care and making sure their body is in good order, but they neglect the soul. They neglect the neshama. So you have to question them and say, why are you spending so much time to make sure you're healthy? For what? I mean, that's not a goal unto itself, just to be healthy, just to live till 95 years old. But all the while, you're neglecting what the neshama has. It's true. We must protect our bodies. We must do things properly to make sure we are protecting as best we can. But that's just a means unto an end to then be able to serve Hashem properly and not be sick and not be weak and not have the stamina to serve Hashem properly. And so a person who tries to do that, I mean, how long is a person in this world? How long is he together with his body? The soul lives on forever. forever. The body is just here as a an encasement for the time being. It's only going to be his man muot, relatively speaking, it's a short time. And even all the while, even the most healthiest person, still, he has aches and pains, he has ups and downs, people get sick, just just the way it is, that's just the way of life that Hashem has set up. In Yizbah, if you feed it too much, Yechla, it gets sick. Who hasn't eaten too much in their life? When was it, last Shabbos, yeah, right? Well, you, you overeat a little bit. No one's perfect exactly. You have to be uh, so in total control. There weren't people like that. You know, Rav Aaron Leib Steinman. He in total control. What he ate, not too much, not too little. Someone just uh, told me a rub, just told me a mice. We'll have to end with this and we'll continue tomorrow. There was a great Talmud Chochem. Rabzundel Kreiser, that's all. Was born in Yerushalayim, 
raised in Yerushalayim, lived his whole life over there. And a tremendous, tremendous Talmud Chacham. He wrote Svarim on Tefillah, on Chumash, on Tehillim, on all of Shas. Tremendous Talmud Chacham. He lived in a, in a one-room apartment, tiny, tiny apartment. So a, a Rebbe from a local cheder came once. He says, can I take a picture? I want to show my class. Like, look, look at how a person could live so simple, but yet be the Tamachachim that he is and so happy. So Rabzindo Kreis says, it's okay for you to take a picture, but I don't want people to be jealous. <laughs> that was his perspective. He says, I have exactly what I need. What do I need more than that? Okay, so for most of us, that's way beyond of what we could ask to uh, to live like that. That's true, we weren't raised like that. But at least to, to understand a, a perspective on it. All right, well, hold it here, everybody, since it's getting late. We'll continue tomorrow night. Thank you,